chapter ten of the book of love by paolo montagazza this librivox recording is in the public domain boundaries of love and their relations to the senses one a country cannot be surveyed without tracing exactly its boundaries without following them in their capricious and serpentine lines without marking the point where its individuality ends and the influence of the neighbouring country begins to be felt you may have trampled every clod wandered through every path scented the soil of every field and drunk the water of every spring and every stream but if you have not sketched the confines of a country you know less than half its history everything is important for what it is and what adjoins it not one then in this world can impunely be near to another and all things act and react reciprocally so it is with love which has frontiers as vast as the human world as indented as the coast of dalmatia or of norway capricious irregular changeable it is a land which projects into all adjacent countries and with it sense sentiment and thought come into close and complicated contact every sense every passion every force of the mind is an instrument of love but this in turn bends in a thousand different ways to senses passions and thoughts it is a continual interlacing of factors and instruments of causes and effects and while this gigantic power warms and agitates the inmost fibres of the human organism it radiates its penetrating light to the furthermost confines of the world love which by the supreme right of existence requires the contact of two different natures which is but the kiss of two creatures who blend for an instant and fuse together the germs of their power must have most varied numberless relations to the sense of touch it could even be said without departing from strict scientific truth that physical love is a sublime form of contact and touch in inferior animal forms as well as in human natures of a low and bestial type love is nothing but touch and contact but ascending to the high spheres of the animal world and of the human microcosm the other senses also add their flowers to the garland of love with the exception of taste which takes no part in the pleasures of love except in peculiar cases which can without any scruple be entrusted to the clinic of pathological psychology of the other four senses touch as the greatest part in love hearing the smallest sight and smell range between the two former in very different degrees the senses however differ more in the nature of the joys and sorrows with which they take part in the greatest of human passions than in the various quantities of elements which they yield to love touch conquers and twinges with delight sight reveals and charms hearing impassions and conquers smell cherishes and inebriates we can easily have a comparative idea of the various parts which the four senses take in love by comparing these four moments to see the beloved woman and gaze at her for a long time to embrace her passionately to hear her voice without seeing her to inhale voluptuously the aroma with which she is wont to scent her robe a thousand a hundred thousand a million notes would be insufficient to express all the harmonies and melodies of amorous contact and as the most voluminous dictionary in the world would decline to enter upon such an undertaking the pen of the writer would slip into the field where science becomes lasciviousness i regret at times that one of the greatest poets did not sing 
the sublime voluptuousness of love with such loftiness of style as to leave his pen uncontaminated perhaps man would like to know also the limits of the genius of lust to mark the confines too of this human possibility but i find some consolation for this sublime ignorance of ours for this glorious lacuna left by modesty in the field of human knowledge in thinking that where poetry kept silent and science inactive where an intimate contact of two kisses creates a new existence an unknown current transmits to the new man together with the sparks of life all the treasures of past voluptuousness and the son of adam with a second kiss will transmit the innate science of love pour all the nectar of the chalice of voluptuousness into the lips of the daughter of eve sublime science which was never written on papyrus nor sculptured in marble or bronze but is transmitted in the flash of a kiss through thousands of generations that loved love and will love from the purest caress on a mass of hair to the greatest hurricane of voluptuousness touch always keeps the character moulded for it by its anatomy touch in love is always made over sensitive by voluptuousness always deeply sensual is always a positive definite uncontrasted and uncontrastable possession woman may delude herself into believing that she is unblemished by man's contact when his hand has but touched the hem of her garments or the leather of her shoes but when skin has touched skin when a finger has touched a finger something is already lost of that waxy varnish which nature spreads upon the virginal fruit still preserving the perfume of the tree that nourished it a hand that clasps a hand means in love two fires that blend in one a mass of hair that touches a mass of hair means two streams of voluptuousness rushing into the bed of one river two feet that come into contact are always two sparks that fly a molecule of a man who loves can never touch impunely a molecule of the woman who returns his love and although the contact may be more rapid than lightning every molecule that returns to the spheres of its own individuality carries away something that does not belong to it and leaves with the other something of itself touch soft iron with the lodestone and you will see it magnetized touch a molecule of a man with that of a woman and the two molecules will not be what they were before touch is always the act of possession and a thousand contacts can gradually steal so much that we may find ourselves carried into the sphere of the woman we love while she has entirely passed into our sphere not in vain the modest woman trembles and rebels at every innocent contact every sensation of touch in love means a boundary that is eliminated between two properties it means the loss of a property it is not hypocrisy alone that makes modesty more exacting in higher races in exquisitely elevated natures a contact is more dangerous because it radiates rapidly into the field of voluptuousness into that of the other senses and that of sentiment vulgar natures begin where refined natures end and while two elevated natures live long together held back by the barrier of a handshake the bold and uncouth rustic throws a kiss to the girl and embraces her at the first declaration of love it is typical of this most powerful passion to perform a hundred miracles a day and thus arrest voluptuousness at the last boundary of kissing but adroitness and fortune are necessary to make it possible to stop there for a long time from hand-clasping to the kiss the path may be very long and even endless but beyond a kiss given and returned every definite boundary has vanished and everything is possible even in touch love has but two principal stations before the goal is reached hand-clasping and kiss whoever believes she has remained a virgin after a kiss given and returned is a hypocrite like him who believes that the studied reticence of lust may still leave something to conquer 
o women who have the dangerous fortune to be beautiful and to be desired do not let your adorers go beyond hand-clasping you may in rare cases arrive at the kiss that you may receive but remember that a kiss returned is a tremendous bond which you should never sign never of course unless you intend to change your name sight is the first messenger of love and in elect natures it is so prodigal of joy to lovers as to excel in extensity if not in intensity even the insuperable heights of voluptuousness sight possesses everything save the delirium of possession and rapid and penetrating as it is it sounds at a stroke the abysses of infinite beauty over which is suspended as in a halo the object of our love what one contemplates with the eyes of love from head to foot always ends in two infinities into which desire hurls itself with frenzied audacity and insatiable curiosity sight is made to accompany us in that delicious excursion and as it can tarry long and suavely at a dimple of the cheek at the little vortex of a curl or at the opalescence of a nail it can also compel us to pass and repass with vertiginous speed a thousand times in a minute through the divine lines that enclose our treasure the eyes of love have all the virtue of the telescope and the microscope and while not a single curve of the thousand labyrinths through which the mobile feminine beauty seems to flutter and flicker can escape them they also attain the most sublime summits of ideal beauty when the eye admires and conquers it invites to the picture which it draws from nature all senses all passions all thought all psychical energies of man no other sense possesses this gigantic faculty of elevating us to the highest regions of the ideal compelling the minor senses the animal instincts and the lower passions to contemplate its panoramas the eye is the first minister of the mind and while it refines desire and frees passion from the coarsest lasciviousness it elevates the man and woman who love to the highest spheres of human possibility touch likes to remove the veils that cover the beautiful sight need not divest the object it contemplates its light illumines every shade penetrates through opaque bodies and makes them transparent threads its way through the most intricate folds and while it sees it also surmises inspects divines analyzes measures compares and controls with incredible agility all the elements of the aesthetic world the eye which rests the rays of its light on a loving eye illumines it is illumined in turn and shows to us the phenomenon of two brilliant stars exchanging their lights and rendering themselves more beautiful if one does not lower the chaste eyelids it may so happen that the fire will spread from the high spheres of the aesthetic ideal down to the vile and brutish instincts this in fact happens in all men of a base type every emotion of love is rapidly transferred to the regions of touch in elect natures on the contrary sight has ever some beauty to discover a region to explore a world to conquer the richest man in the world can always count the dollars and the stocks he possesses the most powerful king can always know the extent in square miles of his dominions but he who loves a beautiful creature dies without having seen contemplated or admired all in the last day of his life there is always some unknown land which the eye has not yet discovered or sufficiently explored and this is just the intimate difference which distinguishes touch from sight while the former has well determined boundaries and a definite task the latter widens the limits of its dominions to include a number infinitely greater in aesthetic combinations in a flash of the eye you have seen a beautiful being and immediately said oh the angelic creature a chaos of sensations a world of beautiful things have surprised enraptured enamoured you but how many days how many months how many years will be required for your eyes to roam through the thousand paths of that garden to study every flower every petal of each flower what intensity of voluptuous analysis how many poems of delight in order to say again five or ten years after oh the angelic creature 
nature was very generous in distributing attractions in the bodies of man and woman and the short sad day of our life always vanishes before we have been enabled to see all the forms of human beauty but to the aesthetic treasures of nature man succeeded in adding those of art and with the thousand artifices of garment and ornaments we have added to our forms such and so many beauties that it is easier to imagine than to enumerate them perhaps i will some day attempt to write a physiology of beauty in which if i do i intend to point out the general laws which govern the aesthetic world here i must only describe the confines where love and beauty meet and in turn kiss and fecundate each other when the eye has love for a companion it finds a new world to contemplate in the cerulean star thistle which our sweetheart interweaves for the first time in her golden hair or in the crimson geranium which gives a magnificent relief to her raven locks a naughty little muslin apron may become a new continent and a glove which too cruelly and too tightly squeezes a rosy little hand may enclose in the nest of its little buttons of mother-of-pearl so many new beauties as to stir our senses or infuse an unknown voluptuousness into us the man who loves a beautiful woman laughs compassionately at the polygamist pasha who needs a hundred women to find the hundred beauties of the human venus and the beautiful woman in the arsenal of her garments in the variety of her smiles in the thousand undulations of her flexuous body evokes before the eyes of her lover not a hundred but a thousand women all beautiful with a different beauty sight is the only sense which in love proceeds to effect moral and intellectual discoveries in the person beloved and we not only contemplate to admire and to enjoy but also to discover by the flash of the eye and the throbbing of the facial muscles how many affections how many thoughts we can find in the one whom we intend to make ours for ever however beauty is such a powerful tyrant in love that it forces us under its yoke and usurps the rights of the highest needs a beautiful woman who is desired seldom seems to us frivolous and heartless and the fascination of beauty may impel us to pardon every crime to accept the most shameful compromises with our conscience and may cause in us the most ridiculous and farcical hallucinations however this fault is not of the eyes that see but of the senses that desire too ardently and above all of nature which has such a loving care of the forms in which germs are moulded into living bodies nature defends and protects the beautiful above everything else perhaps because it is the crucible in which the good and the true are melted together if i wish to indicate by an ideographic sign all the varied and essential parts which the sense of sight assumes in love i would use the figure of a winged messenger a sort of mercury with the left hand leading voluptuousness on the earth and with the right directing our gaze toward the highest regions of the ideal where in holiest and most tender company live the good and the beautiful the true and the sublime where are preserved all the very form archetypes of sublimity End of chapter 10 one